0: Ministry is called ministry for a reason. You know, it, it's hard. It's difficult. You know, we, we need rest in the midst of our work and you know, in in, in all that we're doing. I, I like what a Hudson Taylor said. I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked if I might help him. I ended up by asking him to do his work through me. Mm-hmm. You know, Ministry can be hard from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, especially for a pastor, where they're always on call. You know They are the emergency room surgeons of our day, the, the pastor who uh, is not just serving on a Sunday morning, but uh, unfortunately, they're serving tables, You know because we, we don't have the people that are set up and in place. There's many people that will go up to the pastor and say, you know what this church needs? This church needs, and then fill in a blank, a barbecue ministry, a children's ministry, blah, 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 blah. A rebuking ministry. <laughs> a rebuking ministry. And they want the pastor to do something about it, not realizing or recognizing that they are the ones to do it, mm. right? That if you're going to go to your pastor with a good idea for the church, well, just be ready to take up the slack and for you to be that person, for you to oh. be that conduit from God on to the people.
1: It's back, back, back by popular demand. This is the all new pick one and only one game where we pick one and only Are we one. doing this again? Yeah. You guys loved it so much. It was pretty good. I, I had it. to do it again. All right, here goes. Pick one and only one. Lost in a desert or lost at sea while holding on to some driftwood. <laughs> I just got a visual of Ray. Uh, lost at sea holding on to driftwood or friends, sea,
0: sea, whatever sea, the third one.
1: in a tree in the African Serengeti while surrounded by hyenas.
0: That sounds fun. Oh, well, stuck in a tree.
1: We'll <laughs> be laughing together.
2: If you got an Uzi.
0: An You'd Uzi, fight. yeah,
1: Uzi with an easy Uzi, yes. uh, Ray. Which would you do? Lost in the desert, lost at sea. Oh, lost at sea, Serengeti. Seriously? Really? Oh, yes. Oh, bobbing up and down in the middle of the ocean with bobbing sharks. No, you didn't mention sharks. Or you're oh, just yeah. thinking of surfing. Piranhas.
2: P- piranhas in the ocean. Okay. <laughs>
1: seriously, that you, you got piranhas in the ocean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, that had to be the the biggest like. Fear-inducing horror movie I ever saw when I was what a kid. Do You guys movie? remember the movie Piranhas? Do you remember it, Mark?
0: I, I never. I don't
3: uh, think I've ever
1: baby, seen it. <gasps> Maybe,
3: but that's it. We were older, wasn't we? Oh, really?
1: Piranhas. Yeah, I remember uh-huh. they they showed They threw like this thing of meat in the on a like a rope and the, yes. the and and it got all the. they not people. really like people, that, people were either. falling <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, so you yeah, lost to <laughs> see
2: because you get found But in a desert, you're dying about a day In the Sahara I Desert i go with the
3: jungle tree Yeah, situation. jungle trees
2: probably be best
1: Yeah, I think I would go with the Yeah, because if you got your cell phone Serengeti You could call someone tree. and just say come and pick no, me up No, we're still in the <laughs>
3: three days without a cell phone <clears throat> Oh, you're kidding so And you're oh, oh, haven't taken a
1: shower <laughs> 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 Yeah, let's add all those together Oh man, I don't know I mean Seriously the the thought of drowning to me is a, is a horrific it is, horrific not. thought. But
2: dying of thirst in a desert would be longer. Yeah, that sounds worse to me.
0: Yeah. I, don't I think know, I can man. tread water for 30 seconds.
1: Cuz if I got brave and I just dropped on those hyenas and killed them with my bare hands, <laughs> I could eat them. <laughs> That's not happening. That's not going to take care of my <laughs> thirst though, is it? So what would
3: you do?
2: You've got hyena, hyenas at the bottom of the tree. Try and distract them.
3: They can't climb trees, right? No. Okay. So, so you save up the tree. You got you're, 40 days using you leaves. Yeah. Yeah, it depends how
1: long you can hang on up there. I saw a, a video recently of a of a bear like a, someone was trying to climb a tree and they kept slipping and there was a bear right at the bottom It was kept going for their for their that legs. Real? Yeah, I think well, maybe, who knows anymore. Seriously. Yeah, I was
2: in Canada walking through a forest with a guy and I he says a lot of bears around here and I said what do we do? He says climb a tree. I said that tree's got no branches so you won't need them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so true. <laughs> what were a bunch of beers doing in the jungle? Oh, ball? stop it, <laughs>
1: Ray. D- can a bear drink beer?
2: A bear can drink beer <laughs> once. A, a, a beer bear could drink beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> beer beer, beer. Um, yeah, you know, I, I am, guys. I do have to admit, I am so frustrated. I love modern technology. I love the day and age in which we live. I'm so sick and tired of not knowing if a video is real or not anymore. Mm. I'm serious. Like, even but it's, this right now is a deep fake. <laughs> <It's all deepfake. laughs> but okay, deep fake is driving me nuts. Like, it used to be to where you could tell, but I saw one the other day. I'm like,
2: I can't tell. Really? And if you why don't yeah. you save this for our AI episode? Ah, oh, yeah,
1: now yeah. everyone knows what's coming. Oh. AI.
2: Tell me what I'm sick of
1: hmm. passwords. Ah, oh, don't even get me going on that. Like I'm going to
2: give Adam a smack in the mouth for passwords.
1: You know what? I just got because if there new... was
2: no sin, there'd be no passwords. Everyone would trust everybody. Yeah.
1: The greatest day of joy for me will be when all passwords are eliminated, because you could just use your
3: fingerprint or your eye retina or whatever. Or it is. It's
2: just a little number on your forehead or on or your
3: right hand. Yeah. You know what? I get sick of viruses.
2: <laughs> you do? They
3: make me sick.
1: <laughs> viruses. See, I caught that so quickly. That's why I didn't laugh at day. Yeah, yeah. It took them a while. Uh, but no, um, see. you know, past, in fact, I just got a new keyboard. Okay. I I'm, got like I'm, three keyboards I'm to, in front of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get hated by lots of people. But I switched from PC to Mac finally. That's good. I've converted. Repentance. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had a keyboard. I just switched it to a new one. Why? Because I had to always enter my password. And now, like with. Like with my Mac, with I also finger. have a MacBook. You put your just finger. Use your finger. Yeah. It's not great. It's oh, you know it works with your nose it's the most too. Beautiful. <laughs> it right. Does it? Yeah, right.
2: You know you can have a fake finger made with your fin print on it. <laughs> just do the head but all you've the time.
1: Been watching too many movies, right? Where they'll take the uh, let's put, like tape and oh, move yeah. it and use it. Anyways, why all this stupidity? I have no idea. Because it's the living waters podcast. <laughs> that's true. All the time we do it. We have a comment from Bicker. 5954, Insightful Look at Job. I listened to this specific episode several times because it has always been a very difficult book for me to understand. Such sorrow and difficulties permitted by a loving creator. I'm afraid I've been like Job's friends and cast judgment on why people suffer and what sins or wrongdoings must be lurking beneath the eyes of those around them when tragedies strike. Thankfully, God opened my eyes and I see we are truly made whole by grace alone. And whatever mm. God may choose to allow to come into my life, I can continue to praise him for his goodness to me. Mm. That he would ever love someone Who was as self-righteous and pious as me, I will never know. Keep preaching the truth. You have no idea how you have encouraged and blessed. (laughs) (laughs) That would have fit perfectly. You have no idea how you have encouraged and blessed my life and heart. Ah.
2: That is so nice. I do not remember doing it on Job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. No. You don't remember
2: the Job one? No. Come on, man. It was yeah. Job, Job three sixteen, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Baker, thank you so much. Yeah, you know, th- this is this is what we what we live for is believers gaining insight into truth from God's word that actually affects their life. Yeah, you know, and helps them to recognize uh, deep truths that are revolutionary.
2: Amen. Amen. And
1: amen. Let's just have silence for a second. No, No, I can't stand (laughs) it.
2: Do you remember my son, my Daniel? My son sent to me once. We're coming back from being in a restaurant for dinner. And he said, I bet you can't stay silent until we get home. It was only like, a, it was a two-mile drive. Son to the father. and, and yeah, my son and my father. <laughs> you know what, Daniel was, Daniel was real quiet and very respectful. But he was right. I had to put a track between my teeth <laughs> to remind me not to talk until we
1: got oh, home. Oh, boy. We, we it's so the,
3: funny. We quiet game in our family. Uh, we well, would we'll be driving home from church and we'll be like, all right, quiet game, three, two, one, and whoever can last the longest. But we are so competitive that we'll get home and it's like we're getting ready for bed. We're taking showers and nobody's talking. Mm, wow! Let's do it now.
1: Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> funny, you know. It's usually the parents that want to play that because they want peace and quiet. But it was Daniel playing it with his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dad, let's play the silent game. <laughs> Does Daniel talk like that?
2: No, nothing like yeah. that at all. Why would he speak with an Indian accent? <laughs> what are you doing,
1: Ray? Speak with um no. Uh, It's always the same. No, no. Please do your best ever Russian accent.
2: This is my best.
1: (laughs) 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 Why? I know it's coming. Uh, uh,
2: Hang on. It's I, I can't even think we ought to go with I don't know how Ben Ben Price does it. He's got 200 voices. Oh. And where does he get these files from? How does he pull them oh. up? How does he get the right one? How does he keep his brain going? Ben is Ben unbelievable. Price is, is, is just wonderful. Yeah. yeah,
1: friends. By the way, if you've never seen Ben Price, go to our YouTube channel and look up the Audacity movie. Mm. Uh, ben, boy, he's talented. Yeah, And one of, one of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. Like, just... Such a wonderful person and evangelistic out there preaching the gospel. He's one of us. Last time I saw him, he
3: said he was working on impressions of the four of us. Ah. He said he was listening to the podcast and he's working on impressions. Yeah. He can't do easy. I can't. (laughs) Which which one of easy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. All right, Mark, were you going to say something? No. Good. Okay, (laughs) frowns.
0: This
1: podcast is brought to you by the Living Waters Podcast Mug. Yes, I've been promoting them a lot because...
3: We, we should check if we have them left, because there's only 150 we can. Uh I know. Hopefully we will.
1: We, well, let's just check
2: done. and see if any have gone. It'll be easier. <laughs> no, you know what? Someone ordered three the other day. <laughs> yes, I was the That's... one that fu- I fulfilled the order. <laughs> was that you? Oh, I no, you fulfilled, fulfilled the order. Yeah, I, broke, I had to break the handles off to get them into the, into the, <laughs> into the box.
1: Yeah. Uh, make sure, friends, to order many, many, many mugs. And uh, don't forget the 101 of the World's Funniest One-Liners Tracked. One of my favorites. What it do you say, Ray?
2: It's a fun track It gives to you good
1: at getaway time.
2: It gives you a good... The, the gospel is right in the middle, embraced by 101 really funny one-liners. Oh, yeah. It's like, at first you don't succeed, don't try skydiving, yeah. which I think is really good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, check them out, friends. And don't forget the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. All right. Today, we are talking about lessons no not lessons <laughs> what what am i doing here we have how no idea what this screen this screen right here no this one how to serve like jesus how to serve like jesus Is that what you got, Mark? did
2: you not know that right no, how no, to serve no. like jesus yeah um sounds like we're playing tennis i know how
3: did we go from bunioning the feet of foot wearing footsies oh to yeah serving you jesus? mockers
1: mockers of my beautiful titles those were didn't great we titles. Just you no guys one didn't understood understand. Yeah, they, they didn't bad. understand them. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah, so we, we simplified for the simple here. How to serve like Jesus. Guys, Jesus said this in Mark ten, forty one you know, to forty five. What's that? <laughs> What did you say? Get on with it. Get on with it. Jesus said this in Mark 41, uh, 10, 41 to 45. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John, who, of course, were talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, "'You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant.'" And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Hmm. Now, we've talked on the podcast at different times about uh, serving and, you know, the importance of serving others. It's come up, you know, at different points. But what are you guys looking at?
0: You were looking at the wall while you were speaking. Mockers. Yes. Mockers. what was on the wall. When easy concentrates, he looks up into the corner. Which so corner? we were Which wondering what he was looking at, so we all just started looking in the corner. Yeah. So the
2: key to this whole thing is the word servant. If you break it down, think small of yourself, serve <laughs> ant. Serve
0: con. Serve with, with
1: ant, yes. small creature. You know, we, So we've touched on, on serving, different aspects, different elements of it, but I love the, the sort of angle of looking at it from what Jesus said about himself. You know, he infuses himself into the conversation and he speaks about his mission in connection with servanthood. Mm. Yeah, the son of man came. We know that that the son of man came to this earth, but then he ties it in with the the purpose behind him coming. And really, when you think about it in the final analysis, everything that Jesus did while he was on this earth was tied to servanthood, everything. From, I, I always do that which pleases the father, Right? He came in order to please the Father. He served the Father in that regard. You know, he came and he did things for people. He healed people. He gave sight to people. He taught people that's serving. And then in the final analysis, he showed the greatest form of love by giving his life a ransom and dying for people.
2: You also see his servanthood and his love for sinners in his scathing rebukes of the Pharisees. Mm. He rebuked them because he cared. Yeah. You know, we don't know how many of the Pharisees were there on the day of Pentecost and with a penitent heart mm. to receive the Holy Spirit, but God only knows. Imagine being rebuked by the Son of God. Mm. Well, you'd never forget that.
1: You know, Ray, that word uh, rebuke, it's one of those words that I think Christians rarely use when they're talking about... Confronting another believer and their interactions with them. It is a it's a harsh sounding word. Yeah, so I was hanging out with John today.
3: I rebuked him a little bit. <laughs> you, know, you don't you don't hear it put that way. But, but I just signed up for the rebuking ministry at our church.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. It comes across as a dirty word, but it's actually a very beautiful word.
1: Yeah, Mark, elaborate on that. Seriously. You know,
0: it, it it comes along the line with uh, repentance, mm. you know, because to be rebuked by someone you know, it, it means that they see you for the way you are, but they love you too much to keep you that way. Mm. And they want to see change inside your life. And may, maybe their intentions are not right, but what they're saying may be right. Mm. And we should be able to receive rebuke from anyone, from people that we respect or people we don't respect, from older people or younger people. We should be that. Be in that place, be a sponge where anybody at any time can come into our lives and tell you that you have egg on your face, Mm. you know, that you are uncomely in this area. And so when somebody does correct, somebody does rebuke you, let your first response be silence. Mm. Just just take it in. You know, I I think that we all can attest to the fact that the people that we love in our lives more than anyone are humble people that just receive correction, Mm -hmm. receive rebuke. Wow, you know,
2: you know, often the word rebuke, well, in our minds, carries connotations of anger and impatience on the part of the person who's doing the rebuking. But servant of the Lord must not strive, but be patient unto all men in meekness, instructing those that oppose them. So, have the word rebuke in there, reprove, rebuke, exhort yeah. with all long suffering yeah. and doctrine. Hmm. All long suffering, patience, and doctrine. You do it because the scriptures say to do it, and you do it with incredible patience and love and gentleness.
1: Wow. Redo it again, buke, punch in the face.
0: <laughs> we were outside of church with Ray many, many, many years ago, uh, just visiting the church, and the pastor had an anniversary. Uh, I don't know if it was his birthday or anniversary to the church, but the congregation kind of pooled their money, and they mm-hmm. bought him a, uh, a treadmill. Do you remember this, Ray? I'll never forget it. <laughs> and, and as the they were wheeling the treadmill down, Ray said something to the effect of, it's I leaned a,
2: across and said it to the pastor.
0: It's a it's a wheelchair? Yes. He said? Yeah, because this was a name at Climate Church, remember? Yeah, boy, it was so many years ago. Yeah. And it, it's so a wheelchair. They're,
2: they're wheeling down this thing to help him in the gym, and oh. I said, it's a wheelchair because he was turning 50-something or something right. like that. So I whispered to the pastor, and he said it over the he, microphone. Yeah, and he laughed. He, he laughed. Was funny. You want to finish the story? And then his wife. No, he said it over the microphone so the whole church heard it. And well, somebody said,
0: I thought it was his wife that responded his with, wife responded, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, to her husband <laughs> in the pulpit in front
2: of the church because he was saying uh, something negative. Well, he oh, had heard someone so say, funny. I think he said after that, Ray, Ray said it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not
0: me. But it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. So. Just
1: a point of clarification, friends. Ray doesn't go around endorsing or speaking at name it, claim it, churches. He'd get invites at times and then he'd arrive and realize, oh. This is about 200, <laughs> year, 200
2: years yeah, ago. This was oh, ago. Yeah, a while ago.
1: Yeah. But, you know, Oscar, really, to, to what we're talking about here, serving like Jesus, I mean, if, if we boil it down, Jesus served by speaking truth. Yeah. And there's no, greatest, no greater service we can do for people than to, to speak truth to them. Sometimes, as Ray alluded to, it does entail rebuke. And a lot of Christians, you know, aside from I'm not endorsing that we go around saying I rebuke you or whatever to people, or, or you know, hey brother, you know, I'd like to sit down. Rebuke I don't obviously say it. that easy. <laughs> I rebuke you, Ray. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like to
3: schedule a rebuking. I rebuke uh, you
1: meeting with you. Yeah, but but I mean, we shy away from that because it's not comfortable, and we bristle at it when it happens to us because it can be humiliating. Is or there humbling. a synonym for rebuke? I mean. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Confront. Um, you you know. We're just making it up. <laughs> yeah, but but Oscar, it, it is important. It's important that we 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 do it
3: when it needs to be done. It's important that we receive it when it's done to us. It's good. Yeah, and I think it's important to realize anytime we talk about acts of service, uh, you know, right now we're talking about uh, correction, speaking truth, rebuking. I'm sure we're going to get into other acts of service in regards to washing of feet and things of that nature. But any kind of act of service is ultimately going to bring us to a place of discomfort sacrifice and it requires humility. Mm. And so that applies, you know, I'll I'll apply that to the washing of feet a little later, but let me apply it now to this because it actually works the same. It's going to take sacrifice. It requires you to put your relationship, your reputation on the line to lovingly care for somebody else by speaking hard truth to them it takes humility this one's key you cannot go into a conversation i think you're you're excellent at this easy you cannot go into a conversation with pride to try to rebuke somebody because they're going to receive it in a, in, a, in a manner that feels like it's coming from the wrong place mm. and so a place of humility is recognizing i'm no better than you I am in need of the glory of God just much, it, just as much as you are. I have just been given insight into your life that I believe will help you in your sanctification process. Mm. That's approaching that conversation with humility, so with sacrifice, with humility, and I can't remember the third one I said. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I think Galatians one. Really touches on this. Brethren, 6 1, Brethren, mm. if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest yeah. you also yeah. be tempted. You know, I love it when scripture does that, when it points back to others. We, we've talked about it before. Uh, Titus 3, where it says, You know, it says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lessons and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. But what's interesting is, The verse that precedes that, verse 2 of Titus 3, says, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. And then he says, for we ourselves were also once foolish. So he's saying, hey, your humility should be birthed out of the fact that you recognize that you're a wretched sinner. And when you recognize that, then you can't come at people with the attitude of, how could you, or why would you? Or and We've talked about this before when I've talked about the, the naked eye view versus the telescopic view, when we specify versus generalizing. If I look at you and I say, oh man, you know, Mark, he struggles with covetousness and, and that's just not a weakness of mine. Uh, I can look at that and say, man, why would you covet? That's ridiculous. But if I generalize and I say, well, man, I, I struggle without bursts of wrath. Mark may not have an angry bone in his body. But when I say, what are we, generally speaking, we're two weak, wretched, struggling sinners. That means we're the same person. That creates sympathy, empathy, gentleness, tenderness, and then we can serve each other in that way.
2: Well, I'd like to have um, had insight into the character of the prodigal son before he left Mm. to go into a far country. And when he came back after he would said to his father, make me a hired servant. yeah, Wow. Just to see what he was like before he left, Mm. you know, I'm. Just everything centered around me. Give me my inheritance. I want to serve myself. But when he came back after he'd had that experience of seeing that his desires were for pig food and that he wasn't worthy, to see him as a servant serving his father would have been wonderful.
3: Hey, listener. Have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? That's right, A $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Fill out the form and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good
0: luck.
1: Yeah, and again, sometimes... You can humble yourself or you can get humiliated, you know? I don't wanna get humiliated. I I wanna humble myself. I want to... You do it every time on this podcast. (laughs) Non-stop and always. I want to kind of run toward humbling myself, like I'm running for my life in a sense, you know? Because God is opposed to the proud. He gives grace to the humble and, and I want that, you know? And so... So th- th- there's that aspect of serving each other. Let's look at the account that's most popular for really service, and that's John 13, 1 to 17. Mm. It says, um, Now, before the feast of the Passover, what, you know what? Someone just actually sent me a message about that, Ray, about yeah, that every time it? a reference did is you given. Get so?
0: mm-hmm. You caught him? You, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did Always. Right there. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the washing the mm-hmm. feet. Mm-hmm. John 13. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Okay. <laughs> now what people. do they say? They're sick of it?
1: No, just that you can never pass it up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like you'll do it forever. Amen. Thank you. That's the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things in his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Hmm. Forgot to talk about this one when we talked yes, about Peter. Yes, we did, Peter. didn't we? Yeah, yes. that should have been one. And again, another, rebuking the Lord. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, my not my feet only, but also my hands and my head Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done for you? Hmm. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you, if you do them. Mm -hmm. What a scene. I mean, seriously,
3: what a scene. I feel like we need to talk about historical cultural context to truly appreciate what it means for Jesus to wash feet. Drop it, let me. Okay, so I actually think the best way to be able to understand the the significance of this is to understand the role and the rights of bond servants. And, and you'll see why in a minute. In the scriptures, we'll see often that in the New Testament it talks about them having bond servants and or slaves. Both those words are generally the same. Sometimes it's translated as bond servant. Sometimes it's translated as slave. Now when we hear slave especially here in the west maybe our minds immediately go to race based chattel slavery in which a slave was nothing but property we're talking about image bearers of God who have who have been turned into nothing but property and to be kidnapped. bought kidnapped turned into property bought and sold and treated with absolutely no rights whatever way they ought to be treated it is a sin it is an audacious sin that is though not the kind of bond servant that they were looking at 2,000 years ago. That isn't to say that the bond servant that they were facing 2,000 years ago is without sin either, but it's just two very different things, and and we need to understand the difference between the two. A bond servant 2,000 years ago in Israel, they would have likely put themselves into debt And then in order to get themselves out of the debt, they would willfully enter into a bond servant type contract in which they would then go and work off the debt. And once that debt was worked off, they would be released from that bond servant contract. However, even in the midst of that servant to the being a servant, they had rights and you were not able to force them to do certain things. As an example, a bond servant, if you asked them to educate your children, they would do that. Clean up manure from you know the the sheep and the cows. They would do it. Repair your home. They would do it. If you asked a bond servant to wash your feet, they would not do it, and they had a right to refuse the act of washing feet because to wash a person's feet was to be below a servant. It was less like the even the servant wouldn't wash the master's feet. Wow. It was just so below them. And we really do not have a cultural equal to what it means to washing feet. We really don't. It's it's nothing like what it is today. You have to imagine this is the Middle East. It is hot. They're walking around with almost bare feet in mud and goop and manure. Feet were disgusting. Yeah, no, no socks, no,
1: no close-toed shoes,
3: no paved roads. So you know. to wash someone's feet, the feet was like the, the the most disgusting aspect of your body, really. When you see that the, just another example, when you see that the disciples are leaning back at the table... When we hear that, we think they're leaning with their heads away from their table and their feet pointed towards the table. But actually, because feet were so disgusting, it would have been reversed. Their backs would be leaning against the table and their feet would be leaning away from the food because your feet were that disgusting. So for Jesus to wash the feet of his disciples... He is showing them, I am giving up my rights. And he's been doing this his entire life. He was the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He had the throne. He had the crown. And he sets that all aside, steps into human history, which is an act of servanthood already. And then here he is putting himself below a servant to wash his disciples' feet. To me, like, this is Peter's response It makes sense, his response, right? And to our response, it should be, what kind of love Mm. is this that God, the creator of everything would stoop below that of a servant to serve me, Mm. to serve you? That kind of love should propel us towards loving others in the same kind of way.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad, I'm glad you tied it in with love there, Oscar, because that's really what it comes down to. You know, it, in the final analysis, servanthood is love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at that and you say, wow, you know, he, he was doing for them something that was unthinkable in that day, but he was doing that as a precursor to the most unthinkable thing right? And that is what, and Romans touches on that. It's that, that he would die for his enemies, yeah. right? Because, hey, people give their lives all the time for people that they love. I mean, any of us would jump in front of an a, a oncoming vehicle to save our children or take a bullet for our wives, but your enemy, you know, and that's what he was doing. He was heading toward the cross to, to give his life for his enemies. Oh, yeah and 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 so this is this this is where it ties in with love first peter one twenty two since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, and sincere love of the brethren love one another fervently with a pure heart hmm. and and so you know that there is that call to to be fervent in our love for each other in the way that Jesus was here, he did something extreme. But we shy away from that sort of thing.
2: Boy, Oscar, what you said is put new toes on the feet of that scripture. This is how beautiful on the mountains the feet of them that bring good news. God calls those dirty, ugly feet beautiful because we proclaim the good news of the gospel. That's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and so, Ray, I, I'd love you to touch on that. So we talked about Jesus showing service through rebuke and confrontation and speaking truth. Now we, we see in his practical... Example, he's doing something a servant wouldn't even do that was just so despicable and disgusting. But that's tied in with love, like I said, in the greatest form is what he did on the cross. He gave his life. But our greatest demonstration of love as we serve like Jesus did is then to take what he did and take it to the world.
2: No greater love has a man than this. he lay down his life for his friends and we should lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel and for those who don't know the Lord. Um, I, I say it again and again, but I'm horrified. I'm grieved uh, without words that people are going to hell. Mm. And so I want to become a servant to all men that I might by all means save some. Amen. Is that serve? Is that the Bible verse? Serve the Lord must not strive. I can't think of what I was thinking yeah. of.
1: Yeah. Mark, I'd love you to talk about this. I think a lot of times we, <laughs> well, a lot of people have this sort of, are you losing your brains? <laughs> Oh no! I'm sorry. Too ready. late. Too late. Uh, I'm just
0: getting used. I'm getting ready for you to ask me a question. Before you finish the question, you're going to answer the question in your question. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just.
1: Uh, you, you didn't know that. It's uh, called. It's called helping you out. Yeah. Okay. This so actually,
2: is I appreciate it, easy.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing it. So, um, <laughs> Mark, Wait there there it, are gone. many there are many today who assume that service, and. Doing things that 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 are like the right things to do should always be smooth. In other words, if it's the right thing, it shouldn't have any difficulty attached to it. And I I beg to differ on that. Because yeah. yeah, Because when it comes to like evangelism as an example, when it comes to counseling someone, when it comes to doing something laborious, it's gonna take effort and energy. I don't wanna do it. It's hard, it's difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah. Spurgeon said, uh, I think it was Spurgeon. I like to just throw Spurgeon in there because it sounds (laughs) right. Uh, It might even be original, I have no idea. Spurgeon said, you must be born again. (laughs) Uh, I'm tired in the work, but not of the work. Yeah, that was Spurgeon. Hmm. Was that Spurgeon? Uh, I'm tired in it, but not of it. Or D.L. Moody. Or D.L. Moody. (laughs) It might've been Whitfield or Jonathan Edwards. I think it was- I said it. (laughs) It was Oscar. said it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> what
0: is happening? Um, ministry is called ministry for a reason. You know, it, it's hard. It's difficult. You know, we, we need rest in the midst of our work. You know, in the in, in all that we're doing. Uh, I like what uh, Hudson Taylor said. I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked if I might help Him. I ended up by asking Him to do His work through me. Mm-hmm. You know, m- ministry can be hard from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, especially for a pastor, where they're always. On call. You know, they are the emergency room surgeons of our day. The the pastor who uh, is not just serving on a Sunday morning, but uh, unfortunately they're serving tables, Mm. you know, because we we don't have the people that are set up and in place. There's many people that'll go up to the pastor and say, you know what this church needs? This church needs, and then fill in a blank a barbecue ministry, a children's ministry, blah, 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 blah. A rebuking ministry. (laughs) A rebuking ministry. And they want the pastor to do something about it, not realizing or recognizing that. They are the ones to do it, Mm. right? That if you're going to go to your pastor with a good idea for the church, well, just be ready to take up the slack and for you to be that person, for you to be that conduit from God onto the people. Yeah, our church needs a chocolate cake tester. Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, Henry Martin said, if God has work for me to do, then I cannot die. You know, there is, we, we have an insurance plan that is out of this world, right? That nothing can literally happen to us until God says, your time is up, Mm. you know, come on home. And until then, we we act as if we are handcuffed to this thing called time, but in reality, we're not, and we don't need to, and we can pray bigger because God can handle it. But ministry, yes, at times is very, very difficult, and that's why we need to come aside and rest Mm. a while. Everybody needs to escape, Some people just choose to escape by going to the movies or going to play miniature golf. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with those things in and of themselves. But Yeah, my
3: miniature golf team would take.
0: But (laughs) but as a Christian, our true rest, our true escape is found in Christ. Mm. That if you are going to escape from the mundane things of life and work, you have a 10-minute break or 60-minute break, you're running to the Lord. You're running to escape in him because the scripture says he is our Shabbat. He is our rest. Mm. And while you do that, play a video game if need be. Uh, Watch basketball. um,
3: I feel like the word humility continues to come up in the last couple of podcasts. And and here's a great, another uh, example of where humility guides and leads us as opposed to where pride draws us to destruction. Because, you know, you think about like, Part of the reasons why we don't serve, and I mean serve in the big ways and serving even in the small ways. You know, I think Ray's a great example of serving in small ways and in big ways. He he puts himself out there and evangelizes every single day serving. But even, you know, when we're here and we have people over for lunch. Raise the first one to get up and grab people's dirty dishes and throw them away. He That's because I want them. the leftovers. That's true. <laughs> you don't see we don't him we don't eating let when him he turns eat. his back. Right? Yeah, yeah we don't let him eat the main food. He has to have the scraps. <laughs> the scraps that uh, fall from the table. Yeah, but uh-huh. it, you know, it takes a, a sense of humility. I was just witnessing this last Sunday. Um, you know, we we're, we're a church plant, so we still have to set up and tear down because we don't have our own space. It dawned on me that there are three guys in our church that are entrepreneurs. These guys are in the top 1% in regards to income earning, right? Uh, one of them's like sitting there setting up flowers and tearing stuff down. The other one's picking up chairs. And all. I just witnessed all three of them doing the smallest task to serve their ch- church with humility, right? These acts of service that you would think, well, this guy's, you know, he's got maybe a million dollars in the bank. Like he's probably thinks he's too big to pick up a piece of trash Give or to a move a chair. What's that? Give a love. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> um, and And so in that same way, like I think of my own heart, you know, I would think right away, like if someone say, would you die for your family? A hundred percent, I'd die for my family. But last night at 8 45 at night when my daughter's like, hey, we need to walk the dogs. I'm like, I don't want to get up and walk the dogs. I'm not walking the dogs for my family. No. You know, and it was a conviction. In that moment, it was like, who, like, here am I, like try, you know, this tremendous opportunity to get up and go outside and walk dogs with my daughter and to spend the time with her. And I'm yeah. being lazy on the couch. Cause why? Mm. I earned it because I had a hard day at work. That's pride. Mm. That's Humility gets me off the couch.
0: Pride keeps me on it. You know, at the Shepherds' conference, you can get your shoes shined. And I, I remember I was over there and asked the gentleman that was shining shoes. You know, so do you do this for a living? Is this what you do? And he said, "Oh no, I have a different job." And he's just shining shoes. I like, go, "Well, so what do you do?" He goes, "I'm a physician." Oh, you know, and so it. here's this physician shining wow, gave me shining the chills. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. And I think that we need to recognize that if Jesus told us that the greatest standard of love is death, right? What what beneath that standard would not be a given? I've shared this analogy before. It's like if you're doing a long jump competition and the standard is you have to clear nine feet to qualify, you don't ask, does that mean I have to clear one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight feet? Nine feet's a standard, anything beneath it is a given. And so if death is a standard, what should we not be willing to do? But you're so right, Oscar, I identify with that on many fronts. Like, no, I don't want to, no, you know. We're just, we're so self-centered and self-focused and we need to snap out of it and realize, no, listen, and, and one of the things that, 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 that I was uh, alluding to when I was talking with Mark here is that sometimes people have this perspective. If this, if what I'm doing is of God, there will be no hindrances, there will be no hurdles, there will be no difficulties, there will be no challenges, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. Look at the lives of the apostles. They talked about being hungry and naked and, and homeless and being beaten and being, you know. I mean, they call themselves the dregs of the world, the off-scouring of all things. So we need to recognize that you don't just give up in serving because there's challenges, because there's difficulties, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, further, what Oscar was saying about humility is the way to go. The way up is the way down. Mm-hmm. And I've always remembered that The first international invitation I got Came when, when as a pastor I was cleaning behind a toilet I just always remembered that
1: Cleaning behind a toilet? Behind a
2: toilet, yeah wow. And the second one came When I was pushing a lady's car She wanted it pushed It had broken down <laughs> 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 It had broken down point. And someone says a phone call overseas an Invitation And I thought Boy, wow. I'm never going to forget this That's so good, that if, right? you're, if God knows notice When you do those little things Yeah And
1: and on that note you know, we have to be careful that our service is coming from a heart that is doing it before the Lord. You yeah. know, we're not blowing our trumpet, you know, we're not heralding, you know, here's what I'm doing. Because that that is true servanthood. It's it's in the sight of God, not for the eye service of men as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord mm. and not to men. That's the exhortation of servants, you know, you know, remembering that and, and letting it begin in the heart. And then you watch it extrapolate to the world and you start serving other people in different ways. I mean, I think of what Paul said in Galatians when he talked about him and Barnabas being sent out. He said, they desired only that we should remember the poor, mm. the very thing which I also you know, w- was eager to do. And so Jesus also served practically. You know, He, he, he like saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them and, and you know, he began to teach them. But then he said, feed them. You know, there were practical things that were done. Uh, here, here's something from a saint of old. He said, the bread that is spoiling in your house belongs to the hungry. The shoes that are mildewing under your bed belong to those who have none. The clothes stored away in your trunk belong to those who are naked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. You know, do we, do we have that mentality of, you know, my life is not my own? And Mark, you, you talked about how, you know, so few do work within the church and others are sitting around Alistair Begg said this he said Howard Hendricks once described the local church as a football game 22 people on the field badly in need of arrest and 40,000 in the stands badly in need of exercise <laughs> uh, who said that um, um Howard Hendricks
0: Alistair Begg was you know it put things into perspective the way that the shepherd should lead right the leaders are the greatest servants you know, what do we have that we haven't received? I, I was talking to a, a pastor friend of mine and I noticed that when we go inside the restroom, he tidies up the restroom. Mm. <laughs> is and, that easy? No. And, <laughs> and he, so he cleans it up and I hit him up. I said, well, what are you doing? And he said, it is my job to clean the restroom no matter what restroom I go into, whether it's at church or whether it's a restaurant.
2: Mm. Well, I've seen him go to restaurants with a vacuum cleaner. I thought that's very
0: strange. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I love that. And, you know, And you don't pat him on the back because he's doing a great job. He he, he is really the servant of all, and he's yeah. demonstrating that. Richard Baxter said, I was but a pin in God's hands. And what praise is due to a pin? Wow. Mm. You know, God receives all the glory and That's the good. honor for all that we do. Is that goes... P
2: I N or P P N? P N. Okay. I was, I was getting the point
1: when he said pen. pen. Like a pianist, a pianist, pianist, pianist. Let me close us out with reading Romans twelve nine to sixteen, which mm, to me, mm. which to me is is such a great passage in mm, connection mm. to servants. Mm. Love. <laughs> <laughs> see how they serve me, friends. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble do not be wise in your own opinion. This is one of the most beautiful, practical passages of scripture to me. It's so loaded. You know, if you took all those and broke them down, you'd have a lifetime of things to seek to grow in, you know, in terms of serving others. But but I love that he starts with, let love be without hypocrisy. Because at the end of the day, that's what it really comes down to. If we're really, really walking in love, then we're going to be real servants because love it, you know, isn't hypocritical. And one of the key stone definitions of love is it doesn't seek its own. Right. And so when we don't seek our own, we serve. We give our lives away. We share the gospel. We rebuke people. We do practical things like washing feet in so many different forms to to bless our brethren. We yield and surrender ourselves to the Lord. We weep with those who weep. You know when 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 maybe we are in a time of rejoicing, but someone is broken, we get down into their world and we we sympathize with them we rejoice with those who rejoice someone just succeeded someone was just blessed when we were overlooked I'm forcing myself into that because that will bless them if I rejoice with them rather than give them the burden of me being jealous or envious or whatever you know we we associate with the lowly we don't try to be you know in in the high leagues and 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 to to bolster ourselves, but we we think of ourselves with the right heart and mind. We don't think more highly of ourselves than we should. That all, I think, coincides with servanthood. Mm. And um, may the Lord help us to walk in that. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Well, there you have it. We're done. We're finished. Uh, help us serve you by getting a hold of the resources that we've mentioned here time and time again on the Living Waters Podcast. Don't forget the 101 World's Funniest One-Liners, the living waters podcast mug and the evidence study bible all at livingwaters.com send us your comments at podcast livingwaters.com give us ratings and all that other good stuff and tell people about the podcast as oscar drinks from the living waters podcast mug tastes better doesn't it delightful yeah all right friends thank you for joining us we'll see you here next time on the living waters podcast. podcast wow now we're doing harmony where we have no idea what we're doing
3: chicken dinner.
1: I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline. California, Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina, Andrea from Anderson, Indiana, Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, Lowell from Yakima, Washington, Don from Charleston, Illinois, John from Ford, Australia, good on you, Mike and Dave from Will Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.